Focus on you, beautiful, bonita, dembonitula uh, people out there in cyberspace. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Manny Cruz. Uh, you're watching Fanatsu. And uh, today we're going to be checking in with a former senatorial candidate, um, lifelong activist, um, Pescadot. Gitano Zen Gitasi. Gitano Zen Tosi. Again, again, see Ned Pablo. And then we have our, our friend, of course, Metallic. Or what do you go by these days, man? Metallic. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I guess I'll just put this in the middle since we really only have one one camera today. And uh, before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that um, this show is made possible by you guys. Uh, it's kept entirely free and available to the masses um, because of supporters like uh, Martha Duenas Baum, because of supporters like uh, Michael Mendiola Garcia. And, um, you know, there's, there's, we now have 17 uh, or so patrons on patreon.com. Um, I know if I try to name you all, I'm going to mess up you, and I don't want to get into that. But just know that we are all uh, very grateful for, for your support and for uh, supporting indigenous and independent media. If you want to become a patron of the show, you can sign up at patreon.com slash fanatsu. And um, it's just, a, it's a wonderful time, really. We always have, uh, every week we try to come up with new content. Um, there's radical history radical readings, um, and those are made available to you guys uh, when you sign up for either the uh, Hugo or Tulu uh, tiers uh, for as little as 10 bucks a month. So, uh, we hope to see more of you guys on patreon.com. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into it with that. So um, just give us a rundown, man. Um, it's been a couple months since the campaign. Um, yes. where, where are you at now? What, what's new? Just uh, getting back to health uh, in the campaign bandwagon. Uh, haven't been able to really concentrate on hunting and fishing that normally mm -hmm. was keeping my my body very healthy eating yeah. a lot of fresh food and campaign bandwagon you eat a lot of processed foods and it's it makes your body sick it's killing us all yeah for sure man yes it's mgo yeah and metallic since the campaign i mean uh have you, have you i mean sorry <laughs> Kidding, kidding. Yeah. Oh man, since your Republican uh, campaign for for senator, I mean, uh, since my Republican obviously campaign. they didn't flesh out as well as, uh, <laughs> as we expected. You know, nobody liked my platforms. So. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into those, right? No. Yeah, but anyways, well, that's good to hear, man. Well, I'm glad. You know, 
I think uh, hunting is a big part of your identity, and that's something that maybe sort of grounded you with uh, like um, a lot of working class uh, Chamorro uh, constituents, right? Yeah, um, you know, my platform was truly, you know, to bring more transparency and fairness within our government. Also, hopefully that we can start protecting our natural resources of the land, the water and the sea. Uh, conservation and preservation is very important. Right now we're living a lifestyle that, you know, we're so dependent in eating everything that's being exported. And, you know, look at with this uh, federal government shutdown, you know, you got people with food stamps that are on limbo, Section 8. Yeah. Uh, federal workers that are not working or getting paid, they can't even buy food. Uh, I'm pretty sure right now, this weekend, uh, there should be more hunters and fishermen out there, especially mm. their federal workers. If not, Self-sustainability, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did a, a quick uh, media scan before the episode today, and I think uh, our, our new governor, our new Megahaga, mm-hmm. um, our first Megahaga, really, okay. uh, Lulian Guerrero said about, what, $11 million in federal funds might have lapsed because of the shutdown so far. So, I mean, you can imagine what kind of effect that has mm-hmm. on our community, which is already um, disenfranchised, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And let that be an eye-opener for all of us living here in Guam, because if you're not feeling it really so much now, uh, let's say Trump doesn't get his wall within this month or next month, he said he's going for years. So this is the long haul. Can you even imagine if we have like a conflict or a contingency somewhere and it just affects the, the shipping and the, the food, the commodity coming in, mm-hmm. you know? Right now the island is overpopulated I'm not sure, you know, at this point, if, if anything bad was going to happen, how we would ration and how would the federal government ration us when that time comes? Yeah. You know, we're, we're so comfortable right now, but we're not trying to prepare ourselves for that day when it comes. Everyone likes to say, oh, what if China comes over? What if the ships stop coming? What if they can't provide uh, the island, uh, you know, the food necessities? that is needed, that we depend on that comes over. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. also what if, you know, as time goes by, if you guys research more about climate change, you know, global warming, they say global, global warming is a myth. Um, I'm a fisherman since I was very young. I've tried going diving, uh, snorkeling actually, out in the reef in Gum Beach, Gotna, in Tumu, Tumu. Uh, at age six, and at that time it was so alive, you can see, barely see the blue, the abyss, you know, uh, past the reef. It's all covered with black and green and gray and all kinds of beautiful colors, purple. Now you go there, even before you make it to the channel, you've seen the blue from far away. And what does that tell you? That our fish stocks are depleting, you know, the corals are dying from natural disasters or, or surges of uh, development, Development, contamination, pollution. It's, it's global right now. Mm-hmm. It, it's real. I've traveled to, you know, Chuk, Bonapé, Koshrai, Yap, Palau, and, you know, I, I've gone to Luta, Saipan, and I've seen the, the reef that, that used to be alive 
even in the early 2000s, now they're, they're dead, you know, because of so much human impact on our earth. Uh, it still has, but it's not as lively and abundant. But we have to figure out how we can make it better because most of it to me is the pollution. Uh, yes, there is overfishing and climate change. Mm. Um, all the stuff that we're eating nowadays is just GMO, genetically modified organisms that, you know, they inject them with uh, steroids and they feed them the wrong type of foods. They, they, they come uh, diseased because they can't even feed them grass. They're feeding them corn and wheat or barley and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. that uh, when we ingest those type of proteins uh, with that, that kind of uh, protein makeup, it's also affecting our health, mm-hmm. not just the contamination done by the military here on Guan. Yeah, uh, I think uh, maybe Metallic might have something to say about um, as far as like self sustainability, uh, living off the land, um, things like that, right? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, we're um, the position we're in right now, I mean, with our population, like. Um, unless we're gonna really make serious moves towards the self sustainability now. Yeah, the microphone's right there. So, <laughs> just, um, maybe just uh, can you turn off your notifications real quick and then, um, yeah, good. Yeah, we need to make those moves now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if ships stop coming, mm-hmm. there, there really isn't a sustainability. It doesn't matter if people know, you know, hunting, fishing, or farming, like, there's just not enough space, there's not enough here. For everybody so mm-hmm. it takes planning you got to plan now you got to start thinking about you know a garden at every home yeah. you yeah. got to start thinking about you know how much you consume not just the fact that you do not the fact that you need things but how much of it are you consuming you know think about water where are you getting your water you know is it clean is it clean all these things so you need to think about that um for even for agriculture like if we do a Western style monocropping agriculture, like it's not gonna feed everybody. Mm-hmm. Like that's for industry. Monocropping style Western agriculture is for industry, is for moving a product and moving it off island even or selling it in stores to mass consumers. It's not about a subsistence diet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't keep us sustained. So you have to do different kinds of farming too. Mm-hmm. You know, get into permaculture, get into forest gardening, you know, do small scale organic But gardens. even at that though, we still have to be codependent with our brother, sister islands because Absolutely. when we get hit by maybe a bad typhoon yeah. or, you know, natural disaster. Um, uh, also in, in the food baskets of the world, within just the past 10 years, they've been so affected. Look at the wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, has uh, risen in price because of mm-hmm. the crop failure they had, and they, oh, yeah. and right now we're still paying probably what an extra twenty five cents. Yeah, and a lot of them now uh, are saying even it's hundred percent organic or or oats or wheat, and there's so much fillers in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not eating nutritious food that they say. There's a lot of them that are scandals and lying. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially I mean. We're- we're talking industry so they're just trying yeah. to sell product you know even like telling us it's good for us is just part of their marketing mm-hmm. so yeah that, that, that's um 
that's a pretty hot topic. I mean, within the activism community itself, I mean, there there is this uh, this desire to be more self-sustainable, to have um, like individual uh, gardens, um, you know, at, at people's homes, maybe even at community centers, uh, places. At school? Yeah, at schools. Everywhere. Like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Things that make us less reliant on, um, on supermarket chains and stuff yeah. and things um, like things that we have no control over right you know, now. You know, like, like our parks, they should start planting more alligator, the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the avocado. You know, they should start planting more uh, binibinis, the, the star apple, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. In the schools too. Lemai. Yeah, lemai, dok dok. But a lot of the children too, I've noticed they, even my kids, sometimes they get tatsa, but I'll, you know, some, not really force them, but I'll insist that they at least eat a little. Uh, the type of uh, diet that's being fed to them in the schools, it's uh, altering their taste buds uh, and their palate to mm-hmm. to appreciate our local foods. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. yeah, It's interesting. Um, for nutritional needs, actually, the craving people have for the food they have is because they have a nutritional need, but their body's used to getting it from a particular kind of food. So they crave, they crave that food, exactly. Yeah. So like if, if our kids are getting that, uh, like a Western style diet in school all the time, that's what they're gonna crave. And when we give them our foods, mm-hmm. they're gonna say, no, that's not what I want. Yeah, yeah. Because their nutritional need is gonna tell them they want this other thing, which isn't actually even necessarily meeting that nutritional need. It just does in a small way. Like it's like, oh, it gets me all the fat I need. It gets mm-hmm. me this protein, but it's not a good nutritional protein or good nutritional fat. Like there's yeah. no, uh, it's not a well-rounded food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I just this conversation is bringing me back to um, this article that I wrote, my parting gift to the PDN, I guess, uh, about spam and the colonial, um, you know, <laughs> heritage of canned foods yeah. on islands. You know, and I don't know, man. It. Oh, I'm gonna know, say though, no, for spam yeah. guys, just barbecue it. <laughs> just barbecue. It? Yeah, yeah. eat it barbecue, not fried. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, like there is there is like this fondness. I think that yeah. people, especially like um, who grew up uh, post World War II, mm-hmm. um, there's a fondness that they have for for foods like spam and corned beef, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's sort of odd. I mean, but you can you can sort of understand that that's they they require that for survival at that point because Guam is completely destroyed by American bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know they, they just couldn't return to a lifestyle of subsistence, yeah, right? Um, but I don't know. Like there was this hard divide in, in like in the comments section of that story on the PDN, uh, where people were like, "Ah, eh, so what? Spam? Spam's gonna be here forever. It's always been here." It's because it won't go bad. Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. Like, I should tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I. I I eat a lot of binaru. Yeah. We, yes, That's I do good. eat store-bought food when have to. Uh, it is getting harder though, because a lot of our land in the north where, you know, it does have an abundance of binaru uh, at one point in the 80s, 90s, and even a little bit within the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But now with this hyper development and urbanization, you know, what can we say about that is if we kind of stop progress, well then what is the threshold and is there 
certain ways that we can start building now like up because look at Japan, 90%, I think, is still intact of their natural um, forests. Mm -hmm. They just keep development in one area. But of course, we can't really compare their landmass, but look at their model, mm -hmm. you know. The leaders need to start thinking of building up so that we can still have natural resource that, believe it or not, it's a doctor, it's a counselor, uh, it, it's, something that you can use to reflect in times of disparity, uh, grief. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's medicinal uh, in a lot of ways with the t different type of uh, local uh, medicine. So, you know, you got your pharmacy there. Um, a lot of us, when we look at the jungle, it's like, ah, oh, mosquitoes or whatever. They don't care to really go in it. Uh, you know, they look at it more as a threat and, and a hassle. Me, every time I see a jungle get scraped up and bulldozed, I'm like, man, you know how much there used to be there? And can you imagine the other poor families that were relying on that mm -hmm. and, and are probably even, who knows, some of them are not even on federal assistance. Or how about the families that are not on federal assistance, but subsidize, like what I've done, catch deer, fish, you know, pig. Mm -hmm. And I harvest what I can in there. Uh, maybe I come across uh, uh, La Langita, which is tangerine, uh, lemoncina, or local lemon, even the lemon ditsina. Uh, there's even binibinis, kamias. They got uh, alagetta deep inside certain areas, north and south. You, you got... You have a lot of uh, mm. food that is still available. And, and I know that there is a lot of others that are using it to subsidize their living, mm. maybe deer, especially and pig. Yeah, it's sort of a weird situation. I mean, there, there are people who uh, are living in dire poverty, who uh, need, um, who don't have access to quality foods. And uh, once in a while, you'll see them in uh, in the newspapers, like oh, a guy stole like corned beef or some For shit, real. probably to feed his family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but he does he doesn't have the economic means to do so. Um, and a lot of us, I think, are are sort of on that threshold. You know, very few of us can actually, you know, thrive under capitalism, um, especially if you're an indigenous person. Um, but I mean, like, so it's weird in, in that we're in that sort of situation. And then at the same at the same time, we're always being told that, um, you know, there is an abundance of deer and pig, which is tearing up a natural environment and it's making it uh, harder for, for native plants to thrive. Um, and there is this yes, food the source pig, out the there. The pig is, uh, I'll admit, when I go in the jungle areas that I know that is uh, densely populated with it before I would take it out. But just so that, you know, we can control it more. I do mm -hmm. kill them. Sometimes I try to bring it out if, if it's too far or, you know, I feel that it's beneficial for the land. I, I will do a culling in there. And, yeah. And, mm -hmm. yeah. They, it may go to waste, but it's going to help, yes, our, our vegetation because it is affecting. Mm -hmm. uh, we need more hunters. We need more people to eat. But we don't We yeah. need to produce more hunters. Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple things. Uh, I mean, like, so that would obviously require people to be spending less time at work, right? Like, because people spend a lot of time at work. Well, you know, I do it after work or especially on weekends. Uh -huh. I switch it up on land or on sea, okay. depending to what seasons of fish are coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, and it depends on the moment. But, you know, I follow the rules and the regulation within the Department of Agriculture. I mean, we have to 
do our part in following the rules. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm very adamant on conservation and preservation. So we and safety. So we have to abide by those things, and that's just how it is. Being tomorrow, you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. be safe when and and make sure others around you are safe when you're hunting and fishing. Yeah. Well, I mean, what would you say? Like returning back to the campaign, right? Um, what would you say was another big part of your your platform? And um, was to correct the injustice of the federal government, what they've done to our elders. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, that's the past, Ned, or that's the past, Mike Bavakwa, or all of you guys, right? No, it still affects us, you know? And that was the number one thing that Mike mentioned about the cockfighting was the insular cases. Uh, you know, they got what they call the Solomon Act, too. You know, there's volumes one and two. And like Mike mentioned, whenever something comes up, let's say we, as Chamorros, because we are a colony, want to challenge them, they would just break those acts and the powers to be within their court system would just hound on and use their military or their federal agents to stop us from being who we are when, when you know, we have not even determined or decided our, our political destiny um, our self-determination, which, you know, all of that is part of our human rights that the United States federal government signed on after World War II because, you know, to end dictatorship, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Marxism and, right? Marxism. Oh, I mean, that's a whole Yeah, yeah. dictatorship, uh, you know, what else? Uh, I think communism. Thinking, I'm, I'm, yeah, you're thinking more about like totalitarianism, right? Yeah. So, more so well, well, that's basically what caused World War Two, right? You know, and made the the what they call the League of Nations, and it became the United Nations, and that was spearheaded, and and you know most of the indoctrinations in there were coming from the U.S. because they were big time about uh, freedom, justice, liberty, and and mm-hmm. you know uh, democracy. Yet our elders were forced into it they were lied to they were denied but yet they gave our brother and sisters of Lutetinian and Saipan and and other parts of Micronesia mm-hmm. you know the FSM and Palau that protection and that right to move forward with it and only us that we we couldn't but now that yes we're a melting pot of cultures you know there's a lot that have made Guam you know, and Cole's Guam home, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know, I know a lot of them and they understand where I'm coming from. Um, they feel, you know, threatened, it's gonna hurt them. But, you know, right now it's threatening, especially the indigenous Chamorros here because pretty soon we're gonna be in the museum. We're just gonna be in the history books, the textbooks when you know, we can still keep it perpetual and perpetuate for as long as we can, even if it's a modern version. You know, we don't have to go back to our grandparents' time or great-great-grandparents' time, but uh, what is stopping it? What is hindering it? What is preventing it? It's the U.S. federal government because it's their laws. The, the schools are... You know, we don't own the institutions. That's why we kind of just put in our own history of what happened during the Spanish, during the American administration, the Japanese, and then again, the American administration. And, and you know, we cannot do our own fanogi tomorrow. First, we have to do their Pledge of Allegiance. I notice a lot of the people nowadays, even our own people, in whatever program, public ceremonies, they're so proud 
when it's I pledge allegiance. As soon as the Fanongi order ads going down, some of them looking me. Believe it or not, you guys will be surprised. I make people feel proud tomorrow because I'm like, Fanogi Tsamoru Purita no And you know, it makes them feel good, yeah. especially the way I do it. And I do it passionately because I I feel tomorrow. I'm, I'm not American. I, I have citizenship, yes, through their occupation. And, you know, if we're going to be full-fledged Americans like a lot, of our some more brothers and sisters uh you know dream for and aspire for and and want then let's put it to a self-determination vote you know a plebiscite and if that's the case hey then let us who are proud will continue to promote it we'll, i guess we're gonna be microscope and micromanaged by the federal government but what can we do who and i'm pretty sure they'll support it too through grants and funding but uh the only thing though, you know, if we're gonna secede in is, uh, they're gonna take away a lot of the culture things that we are allowed to do right now. Mm. Uh, it would be, be constricted tenfold, especially when you start getting people challenging certain funding or things that is to perpetuate our culture or when uh, recession or hard times come within the federal government, they'll be like, oh, well, we got to prioritize this uh, takeaway from the cultural affairs or the indigenous affairs. And and it's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the Native Americans been going through uh, statehood, tribalism, if they, if they let's say, because we have a big source of natural gas in the more towards the central western side of the Marianas. Can you imagine they want to turn Guam um, you know, uh, what do you call it, a refinery, and they have to cut a, a line, um, I mean, cut the earth in between Guam to put their piping going up to Anderson or who knows, Naval Mag. There's nothing we can do about it if we're tribalism. And we won't get compensated additionally as a population and a people and a community here in Guam. But if we were, who knows, maybe free association, but independence, that's a guarantee. Uh, let's say that value of, uh, of uh, harvesting that gas is in the hundreds of trillions of dollars. Who knows? I'm just saying because it is verified that we do have a, a big uh, nest of and source of uh, natural gas in the Northern Marianas. Uh, so if we're independence or free association, for sure, we're going to be in the bargaining table. We're going to be talking figures. I mean, mm. you know, let's say, you know, exaggerated $100 trillion. We can probably say, I want $20 trillion yeah. at least, you know. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we cannot do that with status quo. Yeah. So I think we got, we have a question from one of our viewers um, who's also a patron. Uh, but uh, where do you think you, you could have um, you could have done more in the campaign? What do you think? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've done your own analysis of, of what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where, do, where do you think your campaign maybe lacked uh, appeal? And may, where do you think you could have uh, done better? And what do you think you excelled at? Okay, I, I made this. Uh, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh. I know you guys have seen it. But we saved 5,689 Tsamoru and Poksang Tsamoru. 
mm-hmm. we could have saved another 5,689 or even more if they only knew they were Samoa and Poksan Samoa. Mm, I see. So, so I got this quote right uh-huh. from um, Harriet uh, Tubman. He, you know, during the underground railroad days, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more mm-hmm. if only they knew they were slaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where I need improvement is I I need to tone down a little and figure out how to win the hearts of the people maybe by the way I start saying things it has to be more uh, you know calm and collective and sincere um, I, I you know I'm I can be aggressive you know there, there's a lot of factors behind it why I can get very you know agitated it's just watching our island, especially up there in Magwat, the Finland Gods Center, getting destroyed. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big sustenance for myself, my family, and others. And because of the cultural value of it as well, that I feel is more important protecting than protecting the national security within what's already. Uh, you know, on, uh, logistically on Guam because we already have the Air Force, we already have the Navy, you got Naval Mag, you got the communications, and you you got we have the, the National Guard. You know, so to go back to your question of what could I have done is I'm gonna have to try to now figure out how I can start c- collecting the way I'm going to platform what I'm going to go after first and and, and and just stick to, you know, if you want to say a three-prong, but I like doing a lot of stuff, so I'll call it a six-prong <laughs> mm. approach because there is a lot of issues here in Guam, especially within, you know, our political status, our culture, our, our natural resources, mm-hmm. our language. Yeah. And um, if... As time goes by, I'm gonna try to figure out, you know, what is the best way then we can do this to tackle uh, our our governance system. Uh, for now, we would have to just use what's available. Uh, we continue advocating whatever knowledge and wisdom about, you know, how our political status and self-determination is gonna move forward and work. Uh, you know, if the U, if the federal government's going to use us, let's use them to. You know, uh, we're we're living in their own system right now, but how can we use it to our advantage as well? It still has to come in play. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and and you know, a lot of it is based on patriotism, if you ask mm-hmm. me, <laughs> and loyalty to the red, white, and blue. But our flag lasts. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, what can we do? You know, we are colonized. Uh, even my children are being colonized and indoctrinated because of the education institutions that they go to every day. But they're, they're more aware and awake of everything that, you know, I, I've done and I've made them participate in. They've questioned it already. Uh, questioning me, others, elders, their teachers, and, you know, they've come to their conclusion that you know that we are being taken advantage of uh, you know they, they 
their identity is is being you know lessened because of of how things of the past because I try to tell them what happened you know long time and how it still correlates to today like for example me uh, I'm 37 years old so in 87 or 88 when I was first grade Miss Denight Nathan Denight's auntie uh, you know she was American and I guess she's a patriot to the max, to the point where when we have to stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance, I didn't want, because growing up, I grew up so thick and deep into the culture, I really didn't have to question or ask who I was or ask anyone, I, I felt it just like speaking, hearing it, living it, breathing it, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to participate. So those days, there was still corporal punishment taken. <laughs> Mm. basically whip your ass right there yeah beat you up so i didn't want to do the pledge of allegiance or i stood up but she would keep forcing my hand and i said no she goes why you don't want i said because i'm tomorrow she goes no you're american too i said no i'm tomorrow we have a different language uh we have a <clears throat> different beliefs she goes, no, put your hand up. So she tells me, you know, those days, put your fingers up. She gets the, the ruler and hits your fingers on the tips. And I didn't give up because, you know, I didn't think that I was disrespecting her or anything. I was just, you know, being proud of who I was. And eventually she whipped my butt, kept trying. And she then she told me to face the wall. She made me face the wall for almost a month every morning. Mm -hmm. And... You know, uh, I told my mom, mom went to the school and, you know, told her off and said, don't you ever put your hand on my son just for him being who, you know, who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, but it goes to show now, now they don't need to do that. Okay. Just you already have the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. Now they're doing the Fanogi tomorrow after, which is good because during those days, depending some teachers, they only just do, you know, Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. I can imagine that must have been very traumatic for you. No, but it made me think in my head. I mean, I don't know. That was just how I always was. I was very curious about history. I always mm. asked as a little kid, what is that? Uh, how do you do this? Uh, you know, how was it back then? Oh. At a very young age, I've always questioned. So having that kind of mentality, it made me question, why did she do that to me? Mm -hmm. Why? And then, you know, as you progress in the education system, educational system, you move up to middle school and high school. I had some teachers and, you know, wow, they were American, but they probably had some other kind of uh, education, heritage in them. Okay. Uh, and and who knows what type of studies in the university they, or degree that they took up, mm -hmm. and that they mastered. But uh, Ms. Jansen was one of them. Ms. Jansen, uh, Jeff K., Man, she brought up about the Native Americans, you know, and, you know, I went deep into that and I was like, you know, already I've heard from the elders about what was going on here. I was like, wow, very similar. Mm -hmm. And I move on to different cultures, Hawaii, the Hawaiians, the Puerto Ricans, Africans, everything. And I'm yeah. like, my God, mm -hmm. you know, the Miss, Miss uh, Denied is a racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's uh um, you know, fully 
Americanized and colonized and indoctrinated by our own system too. That mm-hmm. you know, because that's their, what they've been doing for a long time. Yeah, their government, their their, their the the settlers that are of that generation. You know that during the beginning of of the United States government. You know, look at they're doing it to other places mm-hmm. now. They're kind of scaled down. The way they do it is they they do it to corporate colonialism. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Metallic, anything on that? I mean, that's pretty... The Western education model is one of the biggest parts of continued colonization. I mean, why do all the overt colonial activities, you know, with enforcement through military and policing and and, uh, policy and thing, when you can get everybody to internalize that and do it to themselves? Right, right. And self-policing. I mean, we do it all the time. Every single time you doubt... The ability of of the people of Guam to be independent, you're practicing it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're so practicing you, it. You don't have to be white to promote white supremacists. No, you don't. No. You don't have to be. Absolutely. You just have to internalize uh, the argument. Yeah. For it, yeah, that's it. As soon as you start to do things that would support it, regardless of who you are, <laughs> you've you've started doing it. Yeah. You have their agenda in mind. I agree, man. So. Now, on that note, I mean, like, so we talked about how, I mean, I'm glad that um, you're sort of, like, self-reflective about, um, like, maybe how you come, you came off during the campaign. And also noting that you're, you're actually very active on social media. You, you have this sort of identity built up on yeah. social media, right? And I know, like, um, some of the things you say might be uh, taken <clears throat> out of context or maybe misconstrued. Yeah. And um, when we're talking about uh, white supremacy, I think that that certainly is the case. Um, but now they don't have to be white anymore. They can exactly. be Chinese yeah. looking, they can look Indian, mm. yellow, whatever, you know. Uh, but they're yeah. they're taking the indoctrination like, yeah. and they're using the patriotism and allegiance mm-hmm. to defend and protect the government yeah. and their system and their law and their constitution. Uh, you know, maybe not as forcefully as other countries and places, but the point is though, it's being done. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize mm-hmm. the the injustice, the like I'm gonna say it again, the imperialism, the colon, uh, uh, colonialism, the colonization, the assimilation, and the indoctrination. It's 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 real. I mean, just tell yourself, I am happy every single day. You're gonna be a happy person, right? Yeah. So I wanna tell myself, I'm an American, and I'm gonna de- protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. Yeah. This and that, same thing. How about? I'm gonna protect my culture, my custom, my beliefs, and and our and our territorial law of Guam that's in line with our culture, mm-hmm. our cultural system. You know, let's go use uh, some of our culture too. You know, because I mean, if you look at it, that's the equivalent to whatever constitution clauses mm-hmm. and, and 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 stipulations yeah. and wording in it. Mm. But yeah, so one of the things that um that you caught a uh, flack for or sort of recently. Uh, was uh, I think there there was a, a white woman who shared a, a photo of you standing on the Lati at uh, at Adaloop. Yes. And I was wondering, um, you know, and she sort of, in my in my recollection, I think she sort of used it as a sort of justification, like, oh, see, here's a tomorrow doing it. I think I had you a know. big one on my campaign. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to know how you handled that. I mean, oh, uh, you and know, like, what, well, what you, okay, you yeah, she. Everyone's gonna say she don't know better. She was sorry. Yeah. Like I said, I forgive. I mean, in my heart, I forgive her. Yeah. But don't don't uh, ask the people 
they remind the people go tell that area the lati and and you know the animus the spiritu that are there even yeah. if it's new or old because the same way that it was made by our ancestors is the same way we're making we're making it through you know our heart our mind our soul and our will so a little bit of your spirit is there now now you know there's some some more or some more people that really never practice that kind of uh, rituals of respect and asking when you're going into certain areas. Some of our elders have, have told us, okay, you see that lati over there, the big one, that, that's where the Magalogi, that's where the, you know, that's like the, the, the community center or the almost equivalent to even like a Gimazus, it's a, yeah. like a spiritual area. The smaller ones, of course, are like the Mokdes and the Qaddis. So, but when you, when you go to the big one, Normally, that's where, you know, if there's something that that's bad happening, you know, that's where all the, the people in the village are going to come and, and, you know, have a speech or, you know, like a people's movement, you know, mm-hmm. or let everyone know what's going on and what's happening. Yeah. Uh, so I use the Ladistong as a way to uplift our Chomoru spirit because you know that one is a very big lati too and that came from uh Mipu area mm. in in the Fenna area mm. uh, that was desecrated because the military you know was gonna build their housings and their naval mag right and you know it used to be up there at Nimitz Hill where it used to be the Dodea uh-huh. high school in the beginning and then, of course, they relocated the, the Lari Stones uh, to Adelup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Adelup, I grew up in Adelup, and, you know, that area means a lot to me. And those Lari Stones there just, you know, inspires me more. And then we have the Lati of Freedom. So, yeah. When are we going to be free? Yeah. Uh, so the lady, you know, she do not know better. But I'm pretty sure she knows now, and I hope that the rest of the servicemen and anybody that comes to Guam, even our tourists, yeah. are going to be aware of what it means to us tomorrow. You know, um, if you you know going to go to it, don't stick your tongue out like that. You know, don't make a mockery of it. You know, show happiness or show sincerity. Don't don't like it's a joke. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not a joke yeah and when you go in you know ask even if it's in your language if they don't know better well whoever travels to Guam I hope you you know and anywhere you study and you find out a little bit about the custom and the culture and and, and you know especially the history yeah awesome but, man but yeah that had a big one uh, man a lot of people were pissed off because of uh, I mockery back you know putting yeah. her under like on top of the Statue of Liberty. Mm. <laughs> Sitting on with her tongue out and doing her Buddha style uh, meditation or whatever. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate your time. We're, we're coming up short on um, 45 minutes. Okay. Um, any other questions from the audience? There's lots of questions. Yeah, Ooh, plenty. Uh, maybe one more. We'll, we'll take one more. One or two. Okay. Yeah. There's, oh, there's, there's, there's one. There's quite a few. Nice. Yeah, one of them I want to address is that um, uh, depending on who you ask, 
our our ancestors probably did have power tools. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you if you subscribe to an ancient right aliens ideology, <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> I was kidding. No, yeah. No, I I will say that that question is kind of ridiculous because yeah. uh, when we're talking about how they're made, we're not talking about the methods with tools. We're talking about something that maybe you don't understand because uh-huh. it's uh, a remnant of animist uh, belief and thought and that's that objects that we create are imbued with spirit as well yeah and so when we say that's how they're made he's talking about putting your heart and your spirit and your will oh, into sh- that it's not just about how you carved it or any of that like that's not mm. the way that it's made so oh you show that it shows that this person is uh prejudiced bias <laughs> And but know, how did the stones of Chichen Itza get <laughs> achieve a ninety degree angle? <laughs> uh, pretty uh, power tool. <laughs> well, if white people didn't do it, it's aliens. It must have been <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Well, anyways, you have one person saying, um, "How do you compete mm. with the military industrial complex?" Uh. Do you compete with it? That's very hard. You can't. Because if, if you can, can compete with it, they'll blow you up. <laughs> There's quite a few questions, and so I guess the one, the, a good one to end with though is, you were, um, you planned on working with the new administration. Mm. You were a supporter of Lou and Josh. Yeah. Yeah. During the campaign, and you plan on uh, working with them around Somali issues. Yeah. Just yes. To, just recently, uh, I don't think the audience picked that up on the microphone, but. Um, do you plan to work with the new administration? And, um, you know, I guess also, uh, what, what issues are you looking forward to being tackled this year? You know, anything with conservation, preservation, cultural affairs, you know, perpetuating the language, uh, uplifting our tomorrow children and, you know, our own uh, peers to be more proud tomorrow, I, I hope I can contribute in that direction. Uh, although, you know, I'm very outspoken, uh, a lot of them know that I will not tolerate uh, Babarias or Malavira, you know, I, I can learn to be more diplomatic and watch how I say and how I do things, but it won't stop me from telling the truth and advocating the truth. And, and when there's an injustice, it has to be uh, exposed, you know, so we can fix it and go to the fairness and the better route of of doing things in our government that is gonna make make it more uh, more more justful. Mm. Yeah. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. Uh, again, Tito's Masi for taking time out of your day, um, out of your weekend, out of your family. Most malik nakumu sablu jan domingo jan ginti pumimiskan alum tanuju palitasi na tuju kontentu pufabot fans jawab de cogisti talu shuna biohi. Awesome, we look forward to having you back. Yeah, awesome. And again, um, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and record uh, the uh, an extra thirty minutes of uh, exclusive content. Again, for our, our patrons, if you want to support the show, you want to support um, indigenous independent media, you can sign up to be a patron of Fanatsu at uh, patreon.com slash Fanatsu. And uh, we'll see you there. Adios.
Nothing more.